point to the logo on my chest and tell him, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ayy, hit it up hard, hit it with strike, from the national anthem to the bottom of the night, I'm in, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ayy, you already know what's up, what's that another home run? Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode 318 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show, second show of the day. Earlier today, I talked about the Padres' possible trade starting pitching targets with the Miami Marlins, and then there was one other guy. There was a couple guys that we discussed, but the Padres, after that show, they went out and they signed Nelson Cruz to a one-year, $1 million deal. And he now gets to join some of his best friends. Manny Machado, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis Jr. on the Padres roster. And um, can't, I'm not going to say I hate the move. I, I don't hate the move. Um, right when the Nelson Cruz signing happened, I my, my reaction video that I put out, I was kind of... Like, what's the fit here? I didn't know if he fit. Like, I, I knew he fit, you know, with the clubhouse. And I know he's a DH bat, but Matt Carpenter was signed earlier this offseason to fill that role. And so I was like, okay. So is he just, he's a bench bat, and he'll be a DH if Carpenter plays first? But then, you know, I uh, do more research and kind of think about it more. And it's like, well, even if that's the case, one, I don't think that's going to be the case. He's going to get more DH bats than I originally thought. He'll get at bats when a lefty's on the mound. In his career against left handed pitching, he has a 295 average with a 939 OPS. He smashes left-handed pitching. So it's a one-year deal, $1 million. Like, I think that's the, the least amount of money that the Padres could have given Nelson Cruz based on how many years he's played in the big leagues and all that. Um, I don't know how you could hate the move. There might be some fans that are listening or watching to this or watching this that might not like the idea of Nelson Cruz being with the Padres. Maybe they don't think he fits. They see his age, oh, he's old. But, so you might, like, might not like the fit, or you might not like the, you might not like Nelson Cruz coming, but you can't, I don't think you can hate the move. Like, oh, I hate this move. It's $1 million. And I think something to take into account here is this past season, which is probably another reason why some might not love this move. This past season, 2022, with the Washington Nationals, he only had 10 home runs, 64 RBIs, 234 average. OPS wasn't even at 700. League average OPS plus is 100. His OPS plus was 90. So, yeah, not the best year. But relax. He had eye surgery in the offseason. I believe it was in October on his left eye. Nationals were obviously eliminated. 
So he had that eye surgery. And so I, I would think he's going to come back better and he's going to be a better hitter in 2023. He told, let me look who this reporter was, Jessica Camarado in October. He told her about the vision and the left eye surgery, said vision is everything for hitters, but the good thing is it can be fixed. You can only see clearly with the right eye. He could at the time. When I closed this one, meaning the right eye, it's not clear because his left eye was messed up. I need my eyes to be sharp to be able to see the ball, especially see spins, like the spins on the ball, breaking balls, stuff like that. So why? I just am kind of just throwing the 2022 season out for Nelson Cruz. Just throw it out. I'm not focused on it at all, really. Because of this eye surgery. And because before the 2021 season, he had good numbers consistently. 2021, so this was before 2022 when he signed with the Nationals and the eye stuff popped up. 2021, 32 home runs, 86 RBIs, 832 OPS, 129 OPS plus, 29% above league average. 2020, short year, but he had a 171 OPS plus, placed sixth in the league MVP, Silver Slugger. 2021, by the way, he was an all-star. 2019 with the Twins. 41 home runs, 108 RBIs, placed top 10 in the MVP, won a silver slugger, 2018 All-Star, 2017 All-Star, top 10 finish in the MVP, silver slugger. So this was a Seattle and Minnesota. So when his eyes were probably properly working, and this might not sound like a big deal, but when his eyes were properly working, like he was a really good impact hitter, power hitter. And so if the Padres can get that type of guy, and I'm not saying that he's going to get the number of at-bats necessary to get over 30 home runs in a season or anything like that. And I know he is 42. I think it'll be his age 43 season. Uh, if I remember correctly, yeah, I think it'll be his age 43 season coming up. He's not... He's not what he was in 2017 or 2018 or 2019. But before he had this eye problem, he was one of the best hitters in baseball. So I just, I just throw out the 2022 season. He was on a non-contending team. He couldn't really see out of one eye, which is obviously problematic when you're a major league hitter facing the best pitchers on the planet. And the Padres, they're signing him and putting, and they're, they can put him in a position to succeed. It's not like they're signing him, at least as of now. It doesn't seem like they're signing him to be the everyday DH and he's going to face right handed pitching as well all the time. And maybe he's, his numbers go down. I think they're going to put him in a spot to have success, which is against left handed pitching which he rakes off of, 295 average in his career, 939 OPS. And then they can have Matt Carpenter be the DH when a lefty, or excuse me, when a right-handed pitcher is on the mound. 
Matt Carpenter in his career um, against right-handed pitching. Let me go double-check this stat real quick. 269 average, that's not great, but he has an 847 OPS. That's what I'm more looking at. It's the OPS, the OPS plus. So 939 OPS again for Cruz against lefties in his career. For Matt Carpenter against righties, 847 OPS. Like, that's a great DH platoon right there. So this is what would happen, I assume, when Tatis is healthy and if Ha Sung Kim stays on the team. Now, we can get into the Ha Sung Kim conversation. Uh, does this move mean that Ha Sung Kim is going to get traded? or it increases the chances of him getting traded, we can get into that. And I'm sure there's going to be comments in the chat. I will get to your stuff in the chat. Don't worry. Comments, questions. You can use that Super Chat button to make sure that I uh, get to your question, your comment about Padres, this Nelson Cruz move, everything. But if Kim is on the team, and let's say a lefty is on the mound, then Kim will be playing at second. Cronenworth will probably still be at first base. And you can have Nelson Cruz in the lineup. In the middle of that lineup, probably hitting, what, fifth or sixth. I like that. I like that. Maybe I'm overvaluing the eye surgery and all that, but I believe in Nelson Cruz. I'm looking at the track record. And I'm not looking at the track record from 2009 when he was with Texas. I'm looking at the track record from 2021, 2020, 2019, 2018. And he, he's, he was great. He's been great when he's on, when he has working eyeballs. <laughs> I know you, some people might be laughing when they're hearing that, but it makes a big difference. It definitely makes a big difference. So let me know your thoughts in the comments here live on YouTube or on replay. You can reply or let me know on social media at Talking Friars on Twitter and Instagram if you're listening uh, on the podcast platforms. I appreciate you guys all turning, uh, turning, you all tuning in here. So this Padres lineup, this is what the Padres lineup could be when Tatis returns and Nelson Cruz and Matt Carpenter are in it. Let's say Hassan Kim's not in the lineup. Just going based off of names, look at this. Fernando Tatis Jr. leading off in right field. Juan Soto in left field, batting second. Manny, Xander Bogarts at shore, obviously, batting fourth. Crony batting fifth at second base. Nelson Cruz DHing. Matt Carpenter at first base. And then Austin Nola and Trent Grisham. That lineup is stacked. What are the weak spots in that lineup? 8-9? Maybe if it's against a lefty, okay, Carpenter's a weak spot, but 7-8-9, okay. That's what a lineup is in Major League Baseball. Like, the real contenders, usually it's stacked, and then, you know, 7-8-9, you can see what you, see what you can get, you know? And Trent Grisham, he's not going to have a worse year than he did last year. He's going to be better, and, he ha and the power potential is there. Austin Nola, not the worst option, and maybe Camposano's catching at some point. And he's a better offensive option probably when he's on and he's comfortable than Nola. But with Nola, they're not looking for a bunch of power from him, right? They have, they have plenty of power in the lineup. So if Nola could just get on base, I, I'm good with Nola hitting eight. But look at these numbers. 
Tatis, 2021, 42 home runs, 166 OPS plus the last season that he played. Juan Soto, 27 home runs last year, a 149 OPS plus, 49% above league average. And that was a down year for Juan Soto last year. Imagine what he's going to do this year. Manny Machado, 32 home runs last year, a 159 OPS plus. Xander Bogarts last year, a down year probably, 15 home runs, 131 OPS plus. Jake Cronenworth, 17 home runs, 111 OPS plus. Nelson Cruz in 2021, last time his eyeballs were working. 32 home runs, 129 OPS plus. Matt Carpenter, last year, in like, I think less than 50 games with the Yankees when he was healthy in the regular seasons, 15 home runs, 217 OPS plus. I'm not expecting Carpenter to do that again, like all season long, but if they can get some type of performance like that as the seven hitter, holy cow, sign me up. So I just named the first seven hitters in a possible Padres lineup, and they all had at least 15 home runs, and they all had an OPS plus of at least 111. At least. This Padres team, they are a World Series contender. And I'm not trying to say, like, this Nelson Cruz move is what made them a World Series contender. I think the Padres were a World Series contender before this move. We don't even know how long... Nelson Cruz is going to play. And what I mean is like, if he's going to be here the whole season, uh, I think he will be. We don't know how many games he's going to play, what his specific role is going to be with the Padres. But it just shows you how much talent. I I just tried to show you there. Hopefully I showed it pretty well. Um, Just shows you how much talent is in this lineup, how much power can be in this lineup. and how great of a year Juan Soto might have and Manny Machado and Xander Bogarts and Jake Cronenworth can have with guys like Tatis in front of them when Tatis returns and Soto and Manny and Bogarts for Cronenworth and Cruz and Carpenter, right, with those guys hitting in front of them. So you add that to the bullpen with Hayter, Suarez, Garcia. We'll see what we can get out of Pomerantz, Tim Hill, on and on. Lugo and Martinez, one of them might head to the bullpen and make the bullpen stronger if they don't work out in the rotation. Padres might still go acquire a starter. Maybe how Sun Kim gets dealt or someone else gets dealt, but that makes the rotation stronger, a rotation that already has Joe Musgrove, Hugh Darvish, and Blake Snell in it. I mean, come on. I just want to take a moment to appreciate that. This roster that AJ has built and Peter Seidler has allowed AJ to spend his money, uh, just props to the front office staff and to the Padres organization for what they've done, what they've done over the last, what is it now, four or five years? If you want to date back to Manny, I mean, you could date it back to longer than that when Preller went and stole Tatis from the White Sox, but you get what I'm saying. It's really kicked into hyperdrive, right, these last few years. So... Yeah, this is a it's a great day to be a Padres fan. Again, it's not just because Nelson Cruz is a Padre. Like it's a one million dollar deal. We'll see what he can do, but it's just the names in the lineup. It gets you it gets you really pumped up for the 2023 season, most anticipated Padres season in its franchise's history. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. All right, I'll get to the chat here. 
But first, this episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheese steaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. All right, so it looks like the Dodgers, they're close to trading for Miguel Rojas from the Marlins, so that is one less middle infielder on the Marlins depth chart, which might be something to look into or something to read into. Maybe the Marlins are looking at acquiring Hassan Kim or one of the Padres infielders and trading a starting pitcher to the Padres. Who knows? The Padres, by the way, as of 3.47 p.m. Pacific time on January 11th, 2023 here, the Padres have not officially announced the Nelson Cruz deal. I have not seen the Padres' Twitter account officially announce anything yet. So maybe they're waiting to make a 40-man roster move because they're going to trade someone who is on the roster, and then they won't have to make room for someone. I don't know. That's just speculate. That's just throwing something against the wall. Uh, But Rojas looks like he's going to be traded to the Dodgers. All right, let's get to the chat here. Adrian, yo, Nelly, to San Diego, great fit. Yeah, I agree. Irie was in the chat earlier today for episode 317. Says 1 million is a cheap, or 1 million is cheap, sorry. Last year he was making quadruple that. Yeah, I mean, and last year the Nationals, we know they're not trying to win, but they, yeah, they had to give Cruz way more than the Padres gave Cruz this offseason. And I don't think it's, I don't think it was necessarily Cruz's value plummeting. I think it was Cruz wanting to help out the Padres, and he was pretty much just selling himself to the Padres. Like, he wants to be teammates with Manny Machado and Juan Soto and Fernando. So he's like, man, I made a ton of money in my career. I can try. I have a great chance to win the World Series, or at least a solid chance of winning the World Series this year. I don't know when when my career is going to be up. I'll take a million dollars. Like, that's okay. I'm not making a whole lot, but guess what? I've made a ton of money already in my career. I want to try to go win. And I love that mentality that a lot of players seem to have now. The Padres, they're, they're, they are a destination. You know, like in the NBA, where when LeBron went to the Lakers, destination, right? Warriors, destination. You had... You had the Nets these last couple of years. Once KD and Kyrie went there, destination before all the stuff happened. You know, the veterans went there, right? Boston, you're seeing that kind of with the Celtics a little bit this year. Blake Griffin's there. There's veterans that want to go join that team because they're a contender. They'll take less money if they have a chance to win. And this is what you're seeing here with the Padres, I think. Matt Carpenter, maybe he might have gotten a better deal elsewhere, but. As he said in his introductory conference uh, with the San Diego local media on Zoom, I'm not here for the beaches and the weather. Like, No disrespect to the great weather, but I'm here because I want to win. I want to win the first World Series for the Padres, be a part of that. So that, that's great to see. Um, Benjamin here, total noob question here. Do Carpenter and Cruz both hit the same side? Make sense to have a DH by committee or ride the hot hand? 
no. So Carpenter's a lefty, Cruz is a righty. I think it would be a. It seems like it will be a DH platoon type situation. If the roster stays as is and Kim is at second, Crony's at first, you can have Carpenter hit against right-handed pitching and Cruz hit against left-handed pitching. If one starts, or when one of them starts, and let's say there's a righty on the mound, so Cruz is starting. Or a righty on the mound, so Carpenter is starting. Excuse me, flip those. And let's say a lefty comes in late in the game to go get Matt Carpenter out. Well, Bob Melman can go bring Nelson Cruz off the bench. You know, matchups, little things like that. It helps. And what better? I, 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 I forgot to mention this. With the Tatsi suspension and all that, Nelson Cruz, he did have a PED suspension himself, I believe, in 2013. So he has dealt with the fan backlash and, you know, having to get back into the good graces of fans and all that. So we already know Cruz is a great leader, great teammate, but it seems like that's a great guy to help Tatsis with that whole process, right? And this is much different than Cruz and Hosmer, right? Hosmer, they were paying him to be starting first baseman, middle of the lineup, great bat. With Cruz, paying him $1 million. If he doesn't hit, okay, he doesn't hit. You know, you'll take the veteran leadership, the great teammate, the clubhouse chemistry. You'll take that, his baseball smartness, if that's a, if that's a word, phrase. You'll take that for a million dollars. You're not going to take that with Hosmer for $20 million a year. You know, there's a difference there. Yeah, Dan, I, I agree. Preller has been after him for the last three years. Well, Preller, I think he and Cruz have a history together with the Texas Rangers because Cruz was obviously with Texas, you know, went to the World Series, lost the Cardinals. So, yeah, they have a, they have a history. Preller, you, you, see, here's another thing. I'm going back to this. When Preller wants someone, he usually is going to end up with them at some point, right? Remember the Juan Soto press conference after the trade dead, or after the trade happened at the trade deadline last year, and Preller was telling the media, "Yeah, I was in on." He was talking about how he was scouting Soto, and when he was like young, and I, th I think he was either in San Diego or Arizona. Preller went and saw him or something, or one of the scouts saw him on Preller's staff, and. Preller said, no, let's go, let's focus on signing, looking at Yohan Moncada, I think is who it was. They didn't get him, but let's look at Yohan Moncada over Juan Soto. And he was kind of teasing, like, he, he was dumb for thinking that. Like, he wishes he would have went with Soto over trying to go hard for Moncada with the international bonus money and all that. So he always wanted Soto. He ended up getting him. He always wanted Josh Hader. I know Josh Hader told the media that last year. I think it was before one of the postseason series at Petco, uh, talking about how Preller always had wanted him when Hader was with Milwaukee. And he'd always he's always heard of conversations about Padres being interested in him, and they finally got him. When Preller wants someone, he, he's going to get him at some point. Most guys, 
he probably wants he obviously wants a lot of great players, but at some point he's going to find a way to get those players. Yeah, I agree. Roberto says needed that depth at bench. Good pickup. Kelly, one million dollar contract, no brainer. Yeah, I agree. Roberto, getting back to your point about the depth. Remember what happened last postseason, right? It was pretty much starting players playing. That's it. They didn't use the depth. On, they didn't use. It wasn't really depth. That's the problem. They didn't use anyone off the bench. They didn't want to go to Camposano. They had Nola catching every game. They didn't want to go to Jorge Alfaro, really. They didn't really use Jose Azokar. They used him in the NLCS, pinch running. He ended up scoring, but they didn't, they didn't want to use the bench. But maybe with Nelson Cruz and it's in a playoff spot or it's Padres-Dodgers regular season, eighth inning, maybe they're willing to go to Nelson Cruz. They're, they're probably more willing to go to the bench, specifically for Nelson Cruz or for Matt Carpenter, if Carpenter's on the bench. They're willing to go to the bench when they weren't, they weren't comfortable. It was clear they weren't comfortable doing that this past year. Henry thinks 20 home, plus home runs this year. Yeah, I think that would be a great year. You're given a $1 million contract to a guy that hits over 20 home runs this year. If that ends up being the case, that's, that's a win for the Padres. I don't know if he gets enough at-bats to get over 20, but last year, he had plenty of at-bats, but last year he had uh, 10 home runs in 124 games. In 2021, he only had 55 games with Tampa Bay and hit 13 home runs. So he could do it if he gets some consistent at-bats. And this eye surgery thing really helps him. I think it will. Maybe I'm making too big of a deal of the eye surgery, but I think it will help. All right, let's, can, let's continue here with the chat. Kelly says the $1 million is for the clubhouse and take Tatis under his wings. Uh, also take some leadership off Machado. Now we will have more leaders and not just one. Well, I disagree with that last part about one leader or more leaders, not just one. I know Manny was like the captain, and he is—he still is going to be the captain, unofficial captain of the team. But they had more than one leader still. I mean, Jake Cronenworth was a leader. Joe Musgrove's a leader, right? And then Manny as well. So they had more than one leader, but I get your point. You know, Nelson Cruz, he is a leader. He, you remember at the 2021 All-Star Game, I think that's the thumbnail for this YouTube live stream. Tatis, Manny, and Cruz, they were talking at batting practice and just shooting the breeze. Like they're, it seems like they're tight. I know Manny and Cruz are tight. He was telling a reporter at the All Star game uh, about how much he loves Nelly and he looks up to him and he wants to play till he's 42, 43, maybe at least 40, like Nelson Cruz does. So, yeah, Manny looks up to him. Cruz. Cruz and having Bogarts. Bogarts is another leader as well. Don't forget about him. And Soto is probably a leader as well. So, yeah, uh, there, there's plenty of leadership to go around that clubhouse. Roderick says they should go get Fran Mel Reyes. He's a free agent. We need youth. Well, uh, that's not 
I, I doubt that's going to happen, especially on a major league deal now. You got Nelson Cruz. I didn't think it was going to happen after they got Matt Carpenter. Um, and I think Reyes would, would probably cost more money than Nelson Cruz, $1 million. Reyes would probably cost more than that because he's younger. He could he can play the outfield if you need him to. Uh, but with Cruz now on the roster, you have Matt Carpenter. Like, There's no need for Fran Mill. There just isn't. Is this right, Kelly? Says, remember Machado had eye surgery in 2019. Now look how he's playing. That's a huge factor. Did he have eye surgery? I don't remember that. I'm going to look that up right now, actually. 2019 eye surgery. Oh, yeah. Well, this this article that I'm seeing was from February of 2021 when Manny s- says he's seeing clearer after laser eye surgery. Um... Yeah, so maybe it wasn't 2019, but yeah, he did have eye surgery. I totally forgot about that. That was with the Padres. That seems like it was between 2020 and 2021. All right, there were some other points that I wanted to bring up here uh, that I have not gotten to yet. So I I think we should touch on Ha-Sung Kim. And does this Nelson Cruz move make it more likely for Ha-Sung Kim to be traded? My thoughts on that are, I think the Padres would prefer to keep Ha-Sung Kim on the roster and have him be the second baseman. And they probably like having a four-shortstop infield. But I don't think it's the end of the world if they do trade Ha-Sung Kim with Nelson Cruz on the roster. I don't think they'd be uncomfortable having Nelson Cruz be the DH, although I know his numbers against righties are not as good as his numbers against lefties, but I don't think that would kill them to have him DH, have Matt Carpenter play first base. They can go get Trey Mancini. They can go get someone else to come be a DH and be another platoon if they want Carpenter playing first base and they want another platoon that can DH and play first. Have Cronenworth at second, Manny at third, Bogarts at short. You can get a starting pitcher back, a three, four, five starter, um, to add to that rotation, make the rotation stronger. It makes more sense to deal Ha Sung Kim now, I think, than it did three, four hours ago before this Nelson Cruz move had been announced. I think it does. I think the Padres are completely fine, though, with that said, of keeping Kim, having Cronenworth at first, having the four-shortstop infield, and you can have Carpenter play first if you want him to some days. You can have him play the outfield if you need him to. Fangraphs has Carpenter in left field as the starting left fielder right now. I don't know if that's going to happen. Maybe it's Adam Engel in left. but. It makes more sense, I think, to trade Kim now, 
you have a solid infield, you can improve your starting rotation, get a controllable starting pitcher. There's plenty of interest in Ha Sung Kim. I mean, maybe the Marlins are interested now after dealing Miguel Rojas. The Red Sox, I, I would think they'd be interested because Trevor Story's going to be out for the majority of 2023. They have no shortstop. Kike Hernandez can play short, but if you ask the Red Sox, they probably want Kike Hernandez playing center field, right? They have Christian Arroyo as the second baseman. That doesn't inspire a ton of confidence for Red Sox fans. And I'm sure there are other fits for Ha Sung Kim as well, and other teams would be interested in him. So I want to make it clear. I don't want I'm not I don't want to make it seem like I'm shipping Ha Sung Kim off. But my point is a lineup of Tatis, Soto, Manny, Bogarts, Crony, Cruz, Carpenter, Nola, Grisham, that's definitely not the end of the world. That's still a solid lineup. And if you can improve your starting rotation, you can go add another bat in free agency, another cheap deal somewhere. I don't think it's the end of the world. I think it increases the chances of Kim getting dealt. But I don't think this move like guarantees him being dealt. It just increases the chances of him being dealt, if that makes sense. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts in the comments on that. Um, I do see the Super Chats. I will definitely be getting to those, but I just wanted to get to people who... I'm just going in order, just going through the chat here. Questions, comments. Uh, Gian says, can the Padres win and get, get to 98-64 and 64 first in the NL West, I think, or NL champions? First time since 1998. I think they have the roster, maybe a couple more additions, maybe one more significant addition. But I, yeah, I, th I think they have the roster that can go win the National League. If Tatis can be, look, there's question marks, but there's question marks with other National League contenders as well. I mean, let's be honest, right? If Tatis can be healthy, if Bogarts and Manny and, you know, the Soto, the big players, if they can be healthy, they have the offense. If Snell and Musgrove and Darvish, they can be healthy and they add another significant starter. Or Martinez and Lugo are pleasant surprises and they're great in the rotation. They have the rotation. They have the pitching. Hader and Suarez, can they stay healthy? Pomerantz, can he give the Padres something? That would be a very big boost, I think. Luis Garcia back. Like Tim Hill and Morahone, let's see what he could give. But there's the talent there. Now it's just a question of, can they perform when it matters in the postseason, which they were able to this past postseason, but doesn't guarantee that they will this coming postseason. But yeah, they, they definitely have the talent to do so, I think. Can they win 98 games? Seems like they can. But I do want to make it clear, I don't really care what their win total is. I'm sure I'll care in the moment, like if they're chasing 100 wins or something in September. But right now, Sitting here right now. I don't care what their win total is in the regular season. What they finish with the how many wins. As long as they're a playoff team, that's all I care about. Sure, I'd love to not have to play the wild card series. But we saw what the, that got the Dodgers winning the NLS last year. It got them nothing. It got them four games in the postseason, and they got eliminated. Because they didn't show up when it mattered most. Right? And the Padres did. Thankfully. So I'd rather 
go win the World Series. I'd rather barely get in. I'd rather be the Nationals from 2019, have a rocky start to the season, but go, you end up winning the World Series in the end. That's all that matters. Juan says, sounds like you're a little more excited about the cruise edition than you did in your previous updates. <laughs> maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. Um, my, what was my thought? I think, I didn't, I don't think I, in my previous thoughts on the cruise, like the possibility of cruise coming to the Padres, I don't think I hated the possibility of cruise coming. I just didn't think he fit the roster. and. I, I didn't think that it was worth like going over the 273 tax threshold. And they have Matt Carpenter as the DH. So what's the point of bringing him in? But at that point, I'll admit, I, I, I'm fo I was focused, and maybe I still am, but I was focused then on getting a left fielder. And it's like, well, DH, it's fine. We can cover that. I was I was focused on okay, can we get an outfielder? Can we get some better depth and not have Adam Engel as our left fielder possibly for opening day? You know? That's I guess that's kind of where I was probably coming from. Hey, if if I'm wrong, let me know. Um I don't remember specifically what I said about Nelson Cruz, but at this at this rate, like how much he's being paid, one million dollars, one year. I can't hate the move. I'm intrigued by how it's going to play out and how many at-bats he's going to get, how many at-bats is Matt Carpenter going to get. Does this mean a trade is on the horizon? I'm interested in that, for sure. Uh, I, I, I can't hate this move. I just am interested in seeing how the puzzle pieces fit, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree, Juan. Yep. Cruise is a low-risk, potentially high-reward move. Yep. Again, I keep going back to his eyes. If that left eye is, is fixed, and I assume it is, he has the power still. Like, he keeps himself in tremendous shape. Tremendous shape. According to Manny, from Manny's mouth, he works his ass off. That's how he stays in shape. And he's 42, right? 43. Age 43 season coming up, or age 42, age 42 season coming up. He doesn't look like he's 42, right? He looks like he's in his prime, you know? When you just, if you don't look at him running, if you look at him in the box, you know, just a picture of him, he looks like he's in his prime. So, yeah, it's, it's still there. The offensive talent is still there. Gil says Cruz will be everything Cano wasn't. Well, I, I I sure hope Cruz will, I'll say this, I sure hope Cruz will perform better than Cano did. Cano had like that one good game against the Phillies, had a couple RBIs, and then he like didn't get a hit after that. And then did they trade him? No, they sent him down. He was wearing the SpongeBob unis in El Paso for a little bit with Estier Ruiz and CJ Abrams. And then I think he he was either traded or the Padres released him. And then he went to, I think, the Braves. So, yeah. 
I, I think it'll work out more than Cano did. Well, because Cano's didn't work out. It's a very low bar for Cruz to work out better than Cano. I think Irie, I think you're you're trying to speak this into in existence into existence says now get David Peralta for one million dollars. We'll have a veteran lefty and righty off the bench. Peralta's not signing for one million. He's more probably like David or not David Pollock. Um AJ Pollock. He's more like AJ Pollock. Seven, eight million dollars, probably one year deal. I don't know if the Padres do that. Maybe they clear some salary or they trade for an outfielder. I don't know. Um, he's going to get more than $1 million. He's a, he's a good player. He's one of the best outfielders remaining on the market. Yeah, good point by Kerber here. What will Nelson Cruz's jersey number be? He has to change it from 17 to, or excuse me, change his number from 23 because that's that's what he wore with the Nationals, I believe, right? So yeah, who knows what Nelson Cruz's number is going to be? Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, maybe he goes back to 17. Juan says Cruz is worn. 8, 17, 21. Because Martina, is Martinez 21? Nick Martinez is 21, I think. Who? Had, no one has 8, right? No one has 7. No one has 17. Drury had 17, but now he doesn't have it. Yeah, we'll see. Remember, Grish has 1. Bogarts has 2. Carpenter is 14, I think. I think I remember that correctly. Cobra says Chris Sale or Pablo Lopez for trades. Yeah, I, I, I'm open to Chris Sale, um, but the only thing is the contract. It's it's a lot for a guy that hasn't proven that he can be on the field. But I like him when he's on the mound, like when he's healthy, he's pitching. Yeah, I like Chris Sale. I like Pablo Lopez, but he's probably going to be the guy that the Padres have to give up the most for. But the Padres are trying to win right now, so. You want to go get the best starting pitcher. Um, I don't know if he's the best starting pitcher on the trade market, but he's one of them. He's the best starting pitcher right now that's being uh, made available by the Miami Marlins. I discussed that earlier today on the show, episode 317. Yeah, Steve says rumors about Kim to the Red Sox. I mean... Miguel Rojas was floated around about the Red Sox maybe being interested in him. He goes to the Dodgers, so maybe that maybe they pivot to Kim. But I was discussing this earlier today. I'm not too big on really any of the Red Sox pitchers on their staff. I mean, it's a lot of question marks. Tanner Houck was brought up earlier today, and... He's in their bullpen right now. That feels like a Seth Lugos type thing where you'd be forcing Tanner Houck back into the rotation. And that's not, I don't know if that's someone that I would trust NLCS game four, give him the ball, give him the start. Like if the Padres are going to be trading for a starting pitcher, that's what I want. I want someone 
that I can give the ball to with confidence as the four starter behind Darvish, Musgrove, and Snell. If I'm giving up Hassan Kim, I mean, Hassan Kim, he is a really, really valuable piece to this team. He's not Juan Soto or Manny or Bogarts or Tatis, but will he be leading off on opening day if he's on the team? Probably, right? And having him hit seventh in the order if Cruz isn't in the lineup or Carpenter's not in the lineup, like, that's a good seven hitter. And he's a really good fielder. We know that, right? And he has speed and he goes all out. He's not going to hot dog it, you know. He, he gives out all his effort. Steve says, according to one conversation, the Padres want a package including Helk and three others. Well, they're not getting four people from the Red Sox, I wouldn't think. And I have not seen that. I, I have not even seen the Padres being interested in Tanner Helk. I, yeah. I think people are just bringing that name up because they're trying to match the Padres and the Red Sox. But if you look at other starters on the Red Sox, like Nick Pavetta, eh, Chris Sale, question mark, Corey Kluber, question mark, and why would the Red Sox give him to us when they just signed him? Who else is in their rotation? Uh, Garrett Whitlock, maybe, but it feels like the Red Sox, they want to see what he can be. I don't know. I'm, I'm just not, I'm not, I don't know. I don't really like what the Red Sox have to offer there. Uh, Claudia says Chess Moss back. Does Nelson Cruz have Chess Moss? I mean, I, I don't see Voight coming back. You have Carpenter. You just added Nelson Cruz. You have Cronenworth, who, who's going to play first. Um, He's not really a fit for the Padres right now. All right, let's get to the Super Chats here. Justin, thank you so much. A great way to support the channel is using that Super Chat button. He has a question here. Does the Rojas trade mean the Marlins will trade for Kim or change the likelihood we trade him for Pablo Lopez? I think it's more, I don't know about the Rojas trade. The Rojas trade, maybe the Marlins want more middle infield help. But they do have middle infielders. I mean, it's not like... I know I said earlier, maybe this does increase the possibility because they have middle... Because they just traded a middle infielder, but they had an excess of middle infielders before this trade. They have Gene Segura. I know he's going to be at third base, but he can play middle infield. They have Jazz Chisholm, who's obviously going to be playing. They have Joey Wendell, who's going to be playing, obviously. And they have uh, John Birdie, Pretty sure he can play some middle infield. Like they, it seems like they're pretty good middle infield wise. Maybe they make a deal. I think, yeah. I to answer that, Justin, I think that with Rojas gone, it, it does increase the likelihood of the Marlins wanting Hassan Kim. But I'm looking. I was looking at it more from the Padres' perspective, like adding Nelson Cruz. Okay, now you have. Carpenter as more of a first base option because Cruz can DH full time if you need him to. You have can move Cronenworth over to second base if you really want a specific starting pitcher from the Marlins and the Marlins want Kim. You know, it seems like it would fit more. Yes, Rojas is gone, one less middle infielder for them. Padres have a middle infielder they can give for starting pitching. 
I think there's a better chance of it. But we don't we don't know. We don't know if the Marlins are really interested in Hassan Kim or are they really interested in bringing in another middle infielder now that they just traded one? Or did they just trade one because they feel like they're good with the middle infield that they have? Will has a super chat here. Thank you so much. Uh, Jackson Merrill for Pablo Lopez. No, no. Says, he also adds, rather keep Kim, in my opinion, as he earned a spot on the team last year. Yeah, that's great. He earned the team on the spot last year. He's earned his team, or he, he, he has a roster spot this coming season if no moves happen. Of course, he's the starting second baseman as of now. But you're giving up Jackson Merrill, your top prospect for Pablo Lopez? For two years of Pablo Lopez? No. Not doing it. Pablo Lopez is not Corbin Burns. If it was Corbin Burns two years of control, maybe I'd be thinking about it, right? Because the Padres, they're trying to win it all right now, right? And Corbin Burns, he would be probably the ace of the staff over you, Darvish. Like, he's that good. Brandon Woodruff, I'd think about. But I, I view those two guys on a different level than Pablo Lopez. I don't think Pablo Lopez is on that same level. Pablo Lopez, I'd like to have him, but he's not someone that I would trade my top prospect for. And I know he's a prospect, and we don't know what he could do, but down the road, when you keep paying a bunch of guys, it's going to help to have a cheap contract at some point. And Bogarts, he's not going to be at shortstop forever. I know you can move Tatis there, but Kim, he'll be a free agent in a couple years. If he leaves, maybe you have Merrill play first, or excuse me, second base, and you have Cronenworth stay at first base, and you can have Tatis, or excuse me, have Bogarts at short, Tatis still in the outfield, or if you want Tatis at short, Bogarts at second or at first, and have Cronenworth at one of those positions at first or second, whatever Bogarts isn't in. I'm just throwing stuff on to the wall here, but um, you never know what's going to happen in the future. And Pablo Lopez, again, he's a he's a solid starter. He's a good starter. Yeah, um, he's the Marlins' two starter right now behind Sandy Alcantara, and Sandy is one of the best starters in baseball. Just won the Cy Young. Lopez, he had a sub four ERA this past year. Over 160 innings, didn't deal with injuries, 164 strikeouts. But Pablo Lopez, he's not on the elite level where it's like, yeah, okay, I'd give up Jackson Merrill. I'd be willing to give up other top prospects, but Merrill for Lopez straight up, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably say no to that. And just try to see if you can find another starting pitching option somewhere else. Yeah, good question, Chris. Who's going to FanFest? I will be. February 4th. Starts in the morning, goes to like 4. Bogarts is going to be there. Soto, Tatis, Manny, Cronenworth, Hader, Martinez, Tim Hill, Trevor Hoffman, Mark Loretta. I know I'm forgetting, guys. Maybe Nelson Cruz shows up now. Um, this is going to be the best fan fest in franchise history, right? It's not just going to be Joey Lucchese and Eric Lauer signing autographs somewhere. You know, it's, these are these are big names we're talking about here. Robert Suarez is going to be there too. So yeah, that'll that'll be a really fun day. 
I was trying to log in to get the tickets today, and there was like 400 people in front of me. So, yeah, it'll be packed. It'll be packed. But it's good that the players are showing up, too, because they don't have to do it, unless it's in their contract. I don't think it is. But the players, they're, they, they want to be there. And with Tatis, obviously, that's the headline of the Fan Fest, right? What is he going to say? Are they going to have him be signing autographs, like be right up close with fans? Or are they just going to put him up on the stage in Gallagher Square and answer the, the, the Q&A questions that are just put up on the tee for him, you know, if that makes sense, um, and not really have him interact, you know, right here with the fans? I don't know, but I think it'll be good for him to be welcome back to Petco Park and be in a place where he's going to get cheered, right? There's going to be some, you know, idiots who want to go boo him and stuff, but are they really going to want to do that? Like, it's one thing to say, I'm going to boo Tatis at FanFest, but are you really going to do it when you're right there? Like, if he's right next to you, or if you're in a big people, or a, a big crowd of people, and Tatis gets introduced and everyone's cheering and you're going to boo? Are you really going to do that? You know, it's one thing to say, it's another thing to do it. You know, so I think he's, I think at FanFest, there's going to be a lot of cheers for him. And what's the point of booing him, to be honest? Like, yeah, I was disappointed by Tatis. And um, I'm always going to remember that he had a negative impact on the team for 2022 and they made the NLCS. So, you all, there's always that what if. What if Tatis was healthy? What if he, or not healthy, what if he didn't get, not get caught, but what if he didn't do that? You know, what if he would have just rehabbed the way he should have? Would they have won the World Series? Would they have gotten to the World Series? What would have happened? There's always that what if. But you can't control it now, right? He's going to be a big part of this team, I hope, um, for 2023. And if the Padres are going to win the World Series, I envision Tatis playing a big role in that at some point. Maybe it's not in the World Series, but it's in the NLCS or the NLDS or some point along the way, he's going to be a big part in it. So I just don't really see the point in booing him and having negative energy towards him because you can't change what happened. I just hope that he... Um, he does all the right things, right? And he, he has started doing all the right things. He has started doing what he needs to do to get back in the good graces of fans and get back in the good graces of his teammates, right? You know, the clubhouse, they were pissed off at him. I think that was evident, you know, post-game after that Nationals game at Nationals Park. It's pretty evident that his teammates were pissed. So he had the players-only meeting, addressed the media, and now the Fan Fest thing here, that'll be another step. He's in San Diego right now. He got back to San Diego. I think it, it was either earlier this week or last week. So I'm excited to see him. I, I just want to see that smile on his face again, right, and him having fun because that's when he's at his best. Um. Carroll says Cruz will hit 25 home runs.
Kelly says, think we need to wait and see what we get out of David Dahl. I think he needs to prove himself this year to stay in the league. He's only 28 years old and was a great player with the Rockies. Sometimes he was a great player with the Rockies. Um, yeah, he is a former All-Star, which I'm sure a lot of people don't even remember. Um, I think David Dahl could be an option. Maybe he's on the bench for opening day, or maybe he has a great spring training, and the Padres don't get any more outfielders, and they don't want Adam Engel playing left, and they're, they, they're fine with David Dahl playing left field for opening day. Um, I would not rule out him helping the team at some point, but right now I view him kind of like Nomar Mazzara this past season, where even if he has a good spring training, he'll be in El Paso, and if an injury happens or he keeps raking and it kind of forces the team's hand, then he gets called up. Maybe he has some good moments, but I, w I wouldn't count on him having a huge year for the Padres. Hopefully I'm wrong, but there is a reason why he was on a minor league deal. I mean, let's be honest. JB says, I think David Dahl, Julio Tehran, and Brent Honeywell could be great signings for us. I don't know about Tehran. Maybe he's a good depth signing or he can pitch in the bullpen at some point, spot starts. Um, I'm not opposed to Tehran. Uh, have him in El Paso, make spring training starts, see what you can get out of him. Same thing with David Dahl, definitely not opposed to it. Brent Honeywell, I think, has the highest ceiling, the best potential out of those three, Dahl, Tehran, and Honeywell. Um, just, I was talking with one of the A's reporters the other day, or messaging with them, and I just wanted to, no, like, so does this guy still have it when you were watching him with the A's? Does he still have it? Or does he not have it and we're just using the injuries as an excuse when we should probably be more concerned about him? And he was like, no, he has it. He looks good. He's lo He looked good when he was on the mound. He just didn't stay healthy. Unfortunately, it was just the injuries. And I know it was the Dominican Winter League, but he had an ERA under one in that Dominican Winter League. So I'm taking that positive. I'm taking the positive of him being in the Futures game. I know it was way back in 2017, but go look back at those highlights, and he was striking out Vlad Jr. in that game, and four strikeouts. I think he won the MVP of that Futures game. Like, It's not like he has crashed. You know, The injuries really, really slowed down. Slowed him down. Slowed down his development. But I don't even know if there's a lot of fixing to do with him, like with Ruben Diabla and mechanics and stuff. It's just about how can they keep this guy healthy. So maybe it's the way he prepares for starts or it works out. I don't know. But if they, if they can find a way to keep him healthy, like this guy could end up being in the rotation consistently this year or be in the bullpen consistently this year. So I wouldn't, I'm not ruling out him being on the opening day roster, to be honest. I really like, I am on the Honeywell train. Yes, Gil. Yep. JB says he's bummed we didn't get Cueto. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little bummed, but not really bummed. I mean, I didn't want to pay him the amount that Miami paid him. Um, and he didn't want to be here, so that's fine. You know, Nelson Cruz, he wanted to be here, right? He took $1 million. He could have gotten more than that from another team, definitely. 
but he wanted to be here. So I I I love I love having Nelson Cruz. I love having players. Let me put it this way. I love having players want to be with the Padres. If you don't want to be here and you want to go chase money and go play in front of 700 people in Miami, go for it. Knock yourself out. But if you want to go win, you want to be on a winning team and a contending team, then come to San Diego. Padres can get another starters. They can get another starter elsewhere, free agency or trade. I know the free agent market isn't strong, so trade is probably the, the best way to go about it. Or maybe they just rely on their depth, or not depth, I don't want to say depth like they have great depth, but rely on the different arms that they have. Groom, Morahone, uh, Wilmer Font, Honeywell, uh, Tehran, Lugo Martinez, obviously. Rely on those guys. Michelle Baez, Pedro Avila. Rely on those guys if you need to. And then see what where you're at a couple months into the season. Maybe a team makes a, a pitcher available via trade because something happens. Or what if someone asks out? I know we don't see that often, but Brian Reynolds asked out from the Pirates. I know he's not dealt yet, but when someone doesn't want to be there, the best thing is probably to trade them. I know you don't want to make that like a habit or empower the players too much, but if someone asks out, maybe the Padres can jump in on that. Yeah, good point here, Red Rhino. Uh, the Dominican Republic Padres of San Diego. Well, yeah, Nelson Cruz, he's the GM of the Dominican Republic World Baseball Classic team. And Manny is playing on that team. Juan Soto is playing on that team. So, yeah, they're, uh, they're going to get plenty of time together. Justin says Craig Stammen is back. Is that true? That's not true, is it? Oh, wow. Yeah, breaking news. All right, well. Dennis Lynn at 414. He tweeted, the Padres have agreed to a minor league deal with Craig Stammen. Stammen will be back in Peoria for his seventh spring with San Diego. I'm not opposed to it. Minor league deal. You can put him in El Paso if he's willing to go to El Paso. I know he's used to being in the big leagues, but no team wants him, or no team that he wants to go to wants him, and he really loves the Padres, so win it for Stammen. Maybe that should be the Padres' new hashtag this year. Win for, St or for Stammen. Hashtag for Stammen. Remember that quote from last year? I think Cronenworth said that. It was like, Stammen might not be back next year. Let's win it for him. <laughs> kind of worked. So, Stammen's back. Minor league deal, huh? All right. I don't think he's making the roster. Maybe they make him like a coach. Make him a bullpen coach or something. And he can get a World Series ring that way if they win the World Series. It makes me think of Will, man. I know they have Nelson Cruz, and I like that move, but if they can find a way to get Will back on the roster before the trade deadline, that only feels right. But 
it's probably not going to happen. Oh, yeah, good point, Brent. So who gets DFA'd or traded since the roster is already at 40? Well, if it's a minor, does, does Stammen have to be on the 40-man if he's on a minor league deal? I don't know if he does. But Nelson Cruz, uh, I might as well go look through it. Yeah, I'll look through it right now, actually. Padres, roster. Because for Nelson Cruz to be added to the 40-man, someone has to go off. So, let's see. I'm just throwing out some names that maybe they take off of it. Or you could you could easily just put someone on the IL. You'd think they'd give Jose Lopez a chance because he's Rule 5, so I won't include him, but, you know, maybe, I don't know anything about this guy, but Tom Cosgrove, maybe they put him off of it, or... Pedro Avila, they put him off of the 40-man because they just brought in some starting pitching arms. Michelle Baez, I think they don't want to give up on him yet. Brett Sullivan, you'd think they'd keep him on the 40-man because they only have two catchers right now besides him. And they're not taking anyone else off of it. They're not taking Eggy Rosario off of it. Maybe Batten. I don't think so either. You'd think it would be a pitcher. So maybe Avila or Cosgrove or there's Felipe there, but I don't know anything about him. So I'm not going to act like I know that, like, oh, they should take him off the roster. Ray Kerr. Or maybe a trade's in the works and we have no idea about it. I don't know. But thank you for pointing out there that Craig Stammen is back with the Padres. Minor league deal. Win it for Craig. Gil, wow, this is a bold prediction right here. Pomerantz comeback player of the year. When healthy, big when. <laughs> Dude is lights out. Still believe in you, Palms. LOL. So I, I think what you should say there, Gil, is big if. If he's healthy, not when. If he's healthy. When, I know that's a good attitude to have, but come on. We can't guarantee that he's going to be healthy. I'm not confident he's going to be healthy all year. You kind of have to just assume that an IL stint is going to come. And I hope that it's Tatis winning the Comeback Player of the Year because that means that he had a great season. He probably stayed healthy for the majority of it, or all of it. You know, played his 130 games, 120 games. And he hit a bunch of bombs, drove in a bunch of runs. Because um, he's the bigger player. So usually you'd think that they give it to the bigger player, right? Like they gave it to Pujols this past year. I agree with James here. If come the trade deadline, we we don't even have a true fifth or sixth man, but I think we will trade uh, Morahone, Tehran, Honeywell, Font, Lugo, Weathers, Groom can compete. Yeah, right now, I think I'm fine with the rotation the way it is, but I'm not fine with it if it was the postseason right now, you know? 
Like, I think it can, we can agree on that. Like, we can be fine with the rotation right now. Hope they make an upgrade. If they don't, it's not the end of the world, but let's, let's make an upgrade before the trade deadline, right? Irie says, if we lose Blake Snell in free agency, then if we add Nola, Aaron Nola, which I believe will be a free agent, that would be awesome. I have a feeling Dodgers will get Otani. That's what it feels like. Dodgers are Mets, right? Mets didn't get Correa. They didn't spend all the money on him. So feels like Dodgers or Mets would be the winner for Otani services, the teams that would be willing to go all out. The Dodgers, it seems like that's who they're waiting for. Like, they're not spending money this offseason. They're being under the luxury tax. They didn't spend money because they wanted to wait, for, partly because they wanted to wait for the Trevor Bauer decision. And they have to pay over $20 million to Bauer, so that puts them, like, right up against the luxury tax, I think. So, yeah, they're not spending this offseason, but next year they, they'll, they will spend. They can go over it without having more penalties because um, it's not consecutive years. If the Dodgers get Otani, yeah, that's going to suck. But if we get, if we bring back Manny, you know, it's not the end of the world. I'll be happy because we have a damn good team right now, I think. I agree with Mike here. says Padres only get Profar back if he signs a huge San Diego discount. Yeah. I don't I, I I'm trying to hold out hope for Profar, but there's not a whole lot of roster spots for him. I mean, I'm kind of looking here and it's, you would think he wants to start on a team and he's not going to start with the Padres when Tatis comes back. And if you look at the bench right now, Angle, Azokar, Dixon, Camposano, there's three spots because Camposano, you're not taking him off the bench because you need a backup catcher. When Tatis comes back, Carpenter or Cruz will go to the bench. Right, or someone will. So take off Azokar from that because you just added Angle and you're not going to take Angle off the team, right? So I don't know if Azokar is an option. I think he does, maybe multiple. So then at Dixon and Angle, do you take Dixon off the roster and you put Profar on? I would, but that would be it. Would be a team friendly deal for Profar. So that's how they could do it, I guess, just based on roster space, but. He, he could find a better job somewhere else, I think. But if he likes the Padres, which it seems like he does, the fans like him, he loves Tatis, World Series contender, maybe he comes back. So I'm holding out like 1%, 2% of hope, but I don't think that he'll actually return. Because I think he can start somewhere else. Yeah, JB says, uh, thanks for your response. Really liked your channel. I appreciate that. I appreciate all of you. I don't do this for like a bunch of money or anything like that. Like I'm on here. How long have I talked today? Like in total. Because I, I, I was on for like over an hour, I think, earlier today talking about starting pitching and stuff, trade options, and then this Nelson Cruz thing came down. So yeah, yeah. Um, more than a couple hours today talking Padres. I love it. Padres are a big love, a big passion of mine, a big love in my life. 
Yeah, Batten might be the guy to go off the 40 man. I don't think the Padres have announced anything as of yet. The Dodgers, it looks like the Miguel Rojas thing is official now. So there you go. Marlins have one less middle infielder. So that obviously leads us to thinking about Hassan Kim maybe being dealt or starting pitching. We haven't heard any like rumors about that, but we know that the Padres have made Hassan Kim available. Preston says Nelson Cruz will straighten out Tatis. Well, look. There's going to be some fans that will think that. I don't think Tatis needs a whole lot of straightening out, to be honest. Like, If a PED suspension doesn't straighten you out, then what will? You know, a PED suspension when you're in the middle of your prime, by the way, and your team just went to the NLCS without you, and you maybe cost them their ch the chance of winning the World Series. Maybe you would have been the difference in them getting to the World Series or winning it, right? If that doesn't straighten you out, then maybe you're you're just permanently bent. You can't be straightened out, if that makes sense. I, I, I think, I get your point, Preston. Cruz will be good for Tatis. Yes, he'll be good for everyone. He seems like a great, great clubhouse guy. And for one mil, how can you hate the move? Preston asks, what would you think about acquiring Sale and Verdugo for Kim? Well, the Red Sox would not trade Verdugo and Sale for Kim, I don't think. I know that Sale, like the salary, um, maybe the Padres don't have to give, it, give up as much if they're willing to take on the salary. But, no, I, I don't think the Red Sox would do that. I don't think, I don't think so. Maybe Verdugo for Kim, but... Sale and Verdugo for Kim at the beginning of the year before we before the Red Sox even get a chance to play. I don't see that happening. Uh, Robert says, I am hearing rumors that the Padres and Dodgers are possibly discussing a trade for Kim. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I don't have any thoughts on that because that's not going to happen. The Padres would not trade Hassan Kim to the Dodgers in division. And the Dodgers, they just acquired Miguel Rojas, who's a middle infielder. So they, they have Gavin Lux, they have Miguel Rojas. Hassan Kim doesn't really seem like a fit for them. And even if he was, again, the Padres, they would not do that. Especially when both teams are contending. It's not 2015 or whatever, or whenever they made... When they make, when did they make the Kemp deal? Yeah, it's not like that. It's not, you know, the Yasmani Grandal thing, right? They're not going to trade within the division. Padres sucked. Dodgers were trying to win. Both teams are trying to win. You don't trade Hassan Kim if you're the Padres to the Dodgers. And no, not for Miguel Vargas. I know that. I know Gil's joking there. No, the Dodgers would not do that. I don't think because they, Miguel Vargas is one of their top young players. Just a chap comments, besides Alcantara, which of the Miami pitchers have the higher ceiling? You, I'd probably make the case for Lazardo or Cabrera, but Lopez is the best pitcher. So I think Padres fans, they're worried about who's the best pitcher right now because the Padres are trying to win right now. 
I don't think we're so worried about who has the high, who has the potential for the highest ceiling. Because we're trying to win right now. It's not 2016, you know? So I think that's why the focus is probably on Lopez, Pablo Lopez. Uh, Ivan says, my opinion, all have great potential. The Marlins pitchers is what he's referring to, but I'm scratching my head about uh, them signing Cueto. Why sign Cueto, then trade their own? Maybe they're desperate for hitters or something. Well, no, I think they're they're signing Cueto so that they can trade one of the starters to get back something that can help them in the future. Like if they trade, they sign Cueto, right? Which they have. And that's possibly a two-year deal because I think there's an option for 2024. Let's say that's a two-year deal. Then that just cancels out the Pablo Lopez years, and they can trade Lopez to go get maybe an impact bat for the outfield. It makes their overall team better, and it can make their position player group better. They don't need pitching. They have a lot of pitching. And I've only talked about like the rotation, the guys in their rotation. They still have other guys as well. They still have Sixto, Sixto Sanchez coming back from an injury. Later at some point in 2023, still have Max Meyer, who they just drafted, I think. Uh, they have a lot of depth that can go fill in for starting pitching if they trade Pablo Lopez. So that's why, I think. And then if things don't go well, they can still trade Cueto at the deadline. So I think that's probably why they do that. All right. I've been on here for an hour and 17, a little over an hour and 17 minutes. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in here. Episode 318, Talking Friars Padres have signed Nelson Cruz. Maybe a DH platoon. We'll see what that means for the rest of the, uh, of the roster. Have a great night, everyone. Go Pods, and I'll talk to you later. See ya.